Good afternoon, everyone. It's a pleasure to welcome you to this webinar that is handled by Yaba Voice of the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital, Yaba Lagos. Uh, it's the official voice of the hospital that is aimed at um, providing quality mental health education to the community. And today, we will be talking about something very, very pertinent and enriching, and that's too much or too little, sleep and sleep disorders. Um, today, um, we are all here to learn and um, to also enrich ourselves because we're looking at better quality sleep to also enrich our mental health. Please know that we are also streaming live on Facebook. So if you can't connect here on Zoom, you can also join us on the Facebook page of Yabo Voice. The medical director and the chief host of this program, Dr. Osi Ogun, is here to welcome us formally to this webinar. You're welcome. Good afternoon, everyone. You are welcome to another webinar presentation by Yaba Voice from Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital, Yaba, Lagos. Today's topic is what happens in the life of every, everybody. The topic is too much or too little, sleep and sleep disorders. Like I said, we all do it. Scientists have discovered that virtually all animals sleep. And sleep has been described in many terms and all languages have a name for it because it is a universal human experience. According to a poem on sleep by John B. Tarr, it says, when it's a little chap, we call him nap. When it's someone's older growth, we call him dose. When it's aged by hours, we number, we call him slumber. And the quote of the poem. The one thing we know is that we don't always do it well as much as we should. Sleep is an important part of our daily routine as a third of our time is spent doing it. Quality sleep to the body is as important as to survivor as food and water. Without sleep, we cannot learn or create new memories, concentrate or respond quickly to events in our environment. Sleep is important to many brain functions, which include communications between the nerve cells called um, neurons in the brain. And one thing, why we sleep, the brain and the body stay active. Sleep helps to remove toxins that build up in the brain when we are awake. Everyone needs sleep. But sleep is a complex dynamic process that affects how we function. Researchers have found relationships of sleep to the biological functions of the brain, heart, and lungs, and every, every organ of the body. Our metabolism, immune functions, emotional regulations, fertility, and even to development of the so-called neurogenerative disorders like Alzheimer's are all related to sleep functions. Sleep dictates how our body receives diseases. Chronic lack 
of sleep or getting poor quality sleep increases the risk of diseases like hypertension, heart diseases, diabetes, depression, and obesity. It is known that sleeplessness is a symptom of many physical and mental health disorders and some substances. While too much sleep may be a symptom of the substances, physical and mental disorders. To do justice to the topic are two of our mental health professionals. Let me introduce you to Dr. Adefemi Adioye, who is a fellow of the West African College of Physicians and is a consultant psychiatrist in this great institution, Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital Yaba. He is the head of sleep disorders unit of the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital Yaba Nigos. The second speaker is pharmacist Olufonto Olude, who is a brand pharmacist with 19 years experience. She's presently a chief pharmacist at the, this hospital, the Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital Yaba, Lagos, and she heads the drug supply and logistics unit. She's also a fellow of the West African Postgraduate College of Pharmacy. Ladies and gentlemen, please sit down and listen to our experts while I hand you over to our usual moderator, Mrs. Oluwakemi Akintoyeshe. Thank you. Thank you so much, ma'am. I can always know that the medical director would not just welcome, but she will also give information that will wet the ground and also wet our appetite. I'm sure we are all eager to know so much about sleep, and there are lots of questions. I was saying to someone today, I said we had lots of questions even before we started the webinar this afternoon, because there are pertinent issues about sleep in our society, and people want to know. All right, so please, as we go on in the discussion, please just drop your comments or your questions in the chat box. We might not be able to take individual comments, but we're going to attend to all the questions and the comments in the chat box. And like I said earlier, we are streaming live on Facebook. Please look out for Yabba Voice uh, Facebook page on the um, Facebook and then like, and then you can also follow us um, via that medium too. Uh, we're going straight into the discussion for today. And um, like the medical director has said, Dr. Adefemi Adeoye is asleep as fast, and I know he has lots of information for us on um, this topic today. Uh, so I'm going to hand us over now to Dr. Adefemi Adeoye. You're welcome, sir. Thank you very much, um, my medical director and the host of this um, event today. Um, this is an important topic, and um, I hope we'll all listen as we go uh, through some of the aspects of uh, sleep today. We started this sleep too much or too little. Uh, And uh, of course, uh, you wonder uh, why we're looking at, um, we all know what sleep is, and um, we will look at um, a definition which uh, uh, describes sleep as a, a period of uh, reduced activity, um, whereby we usually uh, take a typical posture, oftentimes lying down and with our eyes closed. Um, it usually results in decreased um, responsiveness to external stimulation. And of course, what differentiates it from 
state of unconsciousness, the fact that we are easily uh, rousable from the sleep. And of course, um, what we wonder, why do we sleep? Despite the fact that we spend um, quite a number of hours sleeping throughout our lifetime. And um, we want to know why exactly do we have to spend so much time sleeping? Um, yes, uh, science has looked into this. Uh, we don't fully understand why we have to sleep. However, science is definitely a certain thing. The fact that when we wake up in the morning, we feel more restored and energetic to start our day. That shows that sleep is important for restoration of our functioning. And also, if can you imagine having to sleep, I mean, having to be awake 24 hours, seven days a week and all that, we will get exhausted. So sleep helps us in conserving our energy. And another important function of sleep is looking at our humanity. Uh, we all know what's going on around the world. And one of the ways that you could differentiate someone with good immunity from the other is the ability to sleep uh, well. Um, when we sleep well, there are certain immune uh, cells that are produced and help to develop uh, immunity against infection and other things. So um, that's another very important function of sleep. Um, learning and memory function. Uh, our memory is usually consolidated when we sleep. Um, if you read certain uh, things in the, during the daytime and um, uh, you don't have adequate night sleep, and you go for example the following morning, a lot of people have brain block. And why is that? Because they did not sleep well. And if the ability to sleep well at night helps uh, to consolidate uh, memory and improves learning. Um, there are other functions sleep, um, where sleep is very important. Um, Certain metabolic functions like production of growth hormone uh, that helps us to grow as a child to um, adult age and all that and repair cells. So those things also take place in uh, sleep. So you agree with me that sleep is very important. Um, sleep occurs in stages. Science has shown this and they, what we call the, uh, um, the light stage of sleep and the deeper stage of sleep are also the stage of sleep where we dream. So science has its own name for these stages. Um, what happens as we grow older, from childhood to adulthood to uh, old age, there are certain changes that occur along the line. And one of these is the fact that um, we know that as a child, most of the children, I mean a newborn baby, spend close to 16 to 20 hours sleeping. And this decreases at about 10 years to about 10 hours of sleep. And then as adults, we sleep averagely seven to eight hours um, during the night. Apart from the duration, there is also the changes in certain pattern and quality of our sleep. And also elderly are more prone to having lighter and more fragmentation of their sleep. And um, we like to also quickly clarify the issue about quantity and quality of our sleep. Of course, quantity is what I just addressed, about seven hours to eight hours is um, acceptable as average in the society. However, there are certain things about quality of sleep. One is continuity of the sleep. Uh, we need to be able to sleep right starting from the light stage of sleep and getting to the deeper and then being able to maintain sleep without so much of interruption without waking up for more than once or twice in the night, that's a good uh, 
continuity in terms of our sleep. And then we have to be able to achieve various depths from the light to the deeper uh, stages of our sleep. And that leads us to having a restful um, night. So that's, those are the aspects of quality of our sleep that are important. And then when things go wrong with our sleep, what are the implications? My medical director already uh, said some things about the physical uh, disorders that, that, that could happen, um, like hypertension and some other disorders. But of course, this is a psychiatric hospital, so we have a bias towards mental health issues. So we are looking at um, issues surrounding sleep and mental health. And some of this is that this, if you have a poor night's sleep, you are likely to wake up in the morning feeling groggy, feeling irritable and unhappy. And then some people become more anxious. And even some have experiences, I mean, what we could describe as more serious disorders, like a psychotic disorders. And in the line of uh, inability to sleep, some start misusing medication. They misuse prescription medication, they misuse alcohol, and then they develop uh, substance use disorder. So these are some of just uh, the few things that could go wrong when we don't sleep well. However, going to the focus of the topic for today, too much, too little. We start with it too much. And of course, uh, some people will wonder, oh, some people do have too much sleep. Yes, people can have too much sleep, especially when you start having excessive daytime sleepiness. When you desire to be awake and alert, functioning, uh, doing your day-to-day -day activities, you are unable to keep alert. You are sleeping too much during the day. This is despite the fact that you had enough time to sleep at night. You still uh, struggle to stay awake. This is a problem. And of course, few disorders have been identified in that regard. Uh, one is narcolepsy, which is common in the younger age group, but of course can happen in adults. Another one that is common in the adult age group is what we call the sleep apnea. Sleep apnea typically uh, involves the fact that uh, people who have sleep apnea, they snore uh, very loudly at night. Uh, they wake up frequently during the night. Um, they wake up choking or gasping for hair. And that if they have bed partners, they will observe that sometimes it appears that breathing is unstable. So when they wake up in the morning, they are sleepy during the day. And people can make jest of them that, oh, lazy guy, you're always sleeping at work. But of course, this is a disorder that needs to be taken care of. And of course, the more common one is what we all know, insomnia. That's too little um, sleep. Insomnia has to do with, are we able to achieve sleep when we go to bed? Or when we fall asleep, are we waking up too frequently during the night? Or we are waking up earlier than we desire, that's early morning awakening. And of course, when you have any of this, the important thing is that you present yourself to be a medical expert. And this expert, we're going to do a comprehensive assessment, taking history of what is going on uh, with your sleep. And it is important to identify three aspects, looking at the predisposition to what is going on, uh, precipitant of that particular encounter, and then what can perpetrate it. And therefore, we help the physician to set goals for your treatment plan. This goal can be um, non-pharmacological or pharmacological. However, prevention is always key. So that takes us to the treatment available. We could look at non-pharmacological and pharmacological. Um, um, we prefer, especially when it comes to um, not sleeping well, we prefer the non-pharmacological way. Um, but of course, there are certain periods when you need medication to help you. Um, oftentimes, we want to make it a short-term thing. But of course, certain uh, people will require it for a longer period. But of course, let that decision be taken by your physician. Um, 
I'll round off by talking about um, sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene are things that we all should do. I mean, the don'ts and the do's uh, that we help our sleep generally. And the first one among the don'ts is that don't have irregular time of going to bed or waking up in the morning. And um, that means we need to cultivate habits of going to bed at the regular time and waking up at the regular time. Uh, the other thing that we don't want you to do, especially if you are having problems with sleeping at night, is the fact that you should limit fiesta as much as possible. What I mean is that don't sleep during the day if you're already having sleep problem at night. And um, this, if you must have fiesta at all, you should limit it to like um, less, something less than 45 minutes. And people sometimes misuse alcohol, thinking that it will help them uh, to sleep. We discourage this because once you take alcohol, even though it might make you sleep easily, but it makes your quality of sleep to be poor, and then you wake up frequently during the night. We also advise that you avoid things like caffeinated drinks, especially six hours to bedroom. Of course, um, coffee, tea, uh, some soft drinks, and some chocolate uh, uh, components that, uh, that, I mean, that, that things that contain caffeine. And then as per food, we, have, we advise that you avoid spicy or sugary foods uh, at least four hours before bedtime and rather take light snacks before bed so that you don't feel hungry in the night. What you could do to uh, help your sleep is to exercise uh, regularly, especially in the morning and early afternoon, not too close to bedtime. Um, your, your bedroom or bed should be comfortable for you to sleep. Uh, maintaining a good temperature, not too cold, not too hot. Um, block out noise as much as possible. Eliminate night, I mean light, so we prefer you sleep in a dark environment. Um, of course, we also encourage that the bed should be restrict. I mean, it should be limited to sleep and sex. Not, rather than take, uh, turning your bed into an office or a workstation. Um, with all this, if you're able to um, abide by this rule, I'm sure you have good quality sleep. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Dr. Adelie. He had been able to take us through what exactly sleep is, and he said it's a period of reduced activity. Um, it's about lying down. Uh, I would have a question for him later on there, because I had a friend who, when we are sitting in class, she's sleeping. Any slight thing, standing up, she can sleep. You know, at the point in time, they named her sleepwalker. And so I don't really understand. Maybe that what she was doing was sleep or something else. So we'll also get into that. Uh, I hope you're also noting your questions and comments. We'll be taking that in the chat box. So please just write that down. And then he also told us about the average um, hours of sleep that uh, people can have. For adults, he has said um, seven to eight hours. For children, about 10 hours. Um, do we achieve that now? These are some of the things that we want to look at today. We begin to look at, is it too much? Is it too little? When it happens like that, what can we do? And he has also been able to give us a lot of um, um, solutions in terms of um, improving our quality of sleep and said regular bedtime. How many of us actually achieve that? Yes, coming into traffic all the time, having to rush out of the house, is in balance. And some of these things will begin to look at how do we now bridge that gap? How do we begin to um, um, help ourselves in such a way that we're able to push through some of these things tips and then achieving a quality lifestyle and balanced um, life. Uh, we have Pharmacist Olufunto um, who is also here to talk to us too about what uh, we need to know on too much or too little sleep and sleep disorder. Pharmacist Olufunto, you're welcome. 
And so I'll just go on with my presentation. So I'm starting with the food source. I'm starting with this quote, which is sleep is the golden chain that ties our health and bodies together. This is one thing we need to understand because sleep is very, very important. Dr. Adioye has already given us a slight uh, a definition, but you know, sleep really can't be clearly defined in any form. But if you're joining us, for this webinar right now, you are still in for a good time and of course for more tips for you to learn. Even though he has said a few things, so I will overlap a bit. So I want us to understand that sleep is an active, essential and involuntary process without which we cannot function effectively. It's a complex process during which the brain recovers and regenerates itself. So when we sleep, our brain processes information, consolidates memory and enables us function effectively during the daytime. That's why even as it has been said, if you have um, a job interview the next day or you have an exam, it's important that you get quality sleep because your brain processes the information and you are able to at least deliver well when you're awake and you slept well and you go for your interview or you have an exam. So the students on this platform right now, it's important to know that it's not for you to sleep, to wake up all night reading before you go for an exam. It's important that you have good quality sleep so that at least you can um, remember all that you have learned. So why is sleep very important? Uh, we've already said that before, but I'll just state the points again. You know, sleep is important because it fortifies the immune system. Right now, during this COVID period, this was one of the things that was being reiterated each time. That it's important that you get good quality sleep so that your immune system will be fortified and built. It helps with hormonal balance, it increases physical energy, and also helps your brain function. We're talking about too much or too little sleep. You know, he had already listed some of the classifications, and you're talking if it's too much sleep, you have a condition called narcolepsy, you know, which is when someone just sleeps all of a sudden like that. It's a rare condition, but it's a condition that actually can be taken care of. In some instances, you'll be surprised that someone who is sleeping too much may actually have an underlying illness, and it may be a sign of depression. And in some instances as well, people may be on prescription medications that may actually allow, make them sleep too much. We have clients who come in and some of the medication that they take actually will um, make them sedated and could make them sleep a bit too much during the day. But it's important that if you are on such prescriptions, you discuss with your pharmacist, you talk to your medical professional, your, your medical practitioner, who will help you either adjust your dose or just change your uh, dosage regimen so that you can function well during the day. So if you're not sleeping enough, which is too little, and I believe that is what most people are experiencing, um, it could also be a sign of a depressive order, a disorder. Uh, we know through this period there has been a lot of, a lot of jobs and people have become so lethargic because they're not really sure what is going to happen to them. So you find some may be sleeping too much or some may actually be sleeping too little because they are so anxious because it's also a sign of an anxiety disorder as well or some may be using excess alcohol which was already mentioned or you are also on some prescribed drugs that will make you alert. Reasons why as well you need to discuss with your pharmacist because you'll be counseled on how to take your drugs appropriately. If you're not taking your drugs appropriately, drugs that will make you alert during the day and you end up taking it at night, then you will not sleep either. You could also be going through stress which would allow you not to sleep or you're a busy executive and you're going from one 
trip to the other out of the country and then you are unable you are you're tra traveling between um time zones and you may end up having jet lag you know and that will also affect your sleep as well as if you are also a shift worker like most of us um, medical practitioners are you know your body is conditioned to sleep at night or you're probably on duty at night and you cannot sleep well so these are some of the issues that will really lead to you not sleeping well enough but the key thing that you must understand and even some people who take illicit drugs as well who end up having substance abuse um, disorders also who go through some form of insomnia as well but it's important for you to know that you can improve the quality of your sleep and like dr jerry had already mentioned you have either the non-pharmacological method or the pharmacological method and it is preferred that you go through the non-pharmacological method in terms of being able to take care of yourself. We're talking about sleep hygiene. He mentioned it already. You know, you ensure that your sleep environment is adequate. You have the right mattress, the right pillow. Um, the, the, you have the right temperature. Your room is well ventilated and your room is strictly for sleeping. And then, of course, relaxation techniques as well. Um, you can meditate. You can, um, you know, practice some form of mindfulness. At the same time, you could even decide that you want to have a massage. For ladies who decide that they want to go for facial, um, if you have, if it's properly done and you have a head massage, it helps to relax your nerves and then you're able to sleep. As already mentioned, you should avoid smoking, caffeine, sugars that can also, you know, increase the activity and prevent you from sleeping. Avoid heavy meals at night. It's better if you take a warm cup of milk, that would actually help you to sleep. You take a warm bath before you sleep, especially when you know that you have issues with this. Another key thing that we need to wonder, or that I want to really focus and zone in on is avoiding screen time before bed. Many of us at this point in time, are, right now we're even on Zoom, but many of us are using our devices and we feel that, okay, it's fine enough to use our devices. But we must understand that uh, the artificial blue light that is emitted from the screen, we're talking about your TV, we're talking about your laptops, we're talking about your iPads and your phone, has a way of triggering uh, the production of more daytime hormones. And this actually can interrupt and distort your body from being prepared for sleep. So it's advised that you drop your devices at least 90 minutes before going to bed. Ensure these things are not, uh, they're off. You know, and for some of us who don't know, if on your phone there's an app that is called, that is um, the IK, you can actually use it during the day, which helps to reduce the blue light that is emitted. Other non-pharmacological methods, you have the cognitive behavioral therapy. Of course, you will have to see a specialist alongside the psychologist to help you with this because we're talking stimulus control where you should actually sleep only when you feel sleepy. And if you don't, you may just get up and engage in a little bit of activity before you go back to bed. Um, the thing about the cognitive behavioral therapy is to ensure that you change your thought pattern so that because there's sometimes you may be on the bed and you're like, oh, it's 1.30 in the morning. I am definitely not going to sleep. You've already positioned and pumped, your, pumped yourself not to sleep. But you should be able to change your thought pattern. But when you work with the specialist, the psychologist and the sleep um, um, doctor here, you will be able to at least work through it. And of course, probably see how you can also chat the time and record so that you can also see the number of hours that you sleep and then you can see how you can adjust your sleep pattern. Now, the pharmacological method, which I knew that many people um, will think uh, is the best way for them. Now, this, you have to be very careful. Um, you are not 
to get on any prescription medicines without it being duly prescribed by your doctor and it being uh, dispensed to you by a certified pharmacist. Now we have prescription medicines that are called hypnotics. Um, you have different types, they could be the benzodiazepines and the non-benzodiazepines. You know, and these things are used short term. We have clients who come in and they want this thing to be extended, you know, but the key thing is it is short term. Why? Because there are also risks um, assigned, I mean, that come along with it. You are at risk of tolerance, of dependence, and even a rebound effect that will make you even have insomnia that may be worse off than what you had before. Now, tolerance, we're talking about you taking the medication. You take your first tablet, you feel okay, you're able to sleep. Now you feel that you can continue with it, especially when you get this without supervision by your doctor. I know that some people will decide to find a way around getting this prescription medicine, this hypnotic, because they feel this is what works for them. But when you begin to take more than you should, your body begins to tolerate, and after a while, you become dependent on it. And then after a while, it doesn't work for you. And then before you know it, you have a rebound effect. You end up having insomnia, which is worse. You are unable to sleep even worse off. Or you end up even being addicted. At the same time, you could have a and you want to stop. You will now have a withdrawal symptom that will leave you in a really terrible state. And then you end up really having a mental health disorder. So it's important that um, this, you do not take this without your doctor. And usually the prescription maximum is between just two to four weeks because it's used for short term. We have some over-the-counter medications, some supplements that people also take um, that you could get across the counter if you go to a pharmacy. You have um, um, melatonin nutritional supplements, but still you must ensure that you exercise caution because it may not work for you if you have chronic insomnia. If you do have chronic insomnia, it's important that you see your specialist. There are tea, chamomile tea, that people also take. So we're going to conclude now. I just want you to note that sleeping poorly actually increases the risk of having poor mental health. Um, the consequences of poor sleep is really gathering a lot of health attention, and that is why we're having this webinar. We're going to educate you so that at least we can improve your sleep quality and help you to prevent you from getting into uh, a mental health disorder as well. Misuse of this drug as many would like to do uh, of the prescription medicine to enhance your sleep only worsens your situation. Ensure if you have sleep issues or you're taking any prescription medicines, talk to your pharmacist, discuss with your doctor so that you can be well guided and monitored. If you have serious sleep issues, ensure that you speak with your sleep specialist of which we are, we have Dr. Adoye here. And of course the hospital is available we have a sleep clinic for you where you can access so that we can help you improve your sleep. So I'll just stop with this line, that quality sleep improves your mental health. And that is what we are all about today. Thank you for listening. And I will hand over to the moderator. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pharmacist Olufuntor. That was well loaded. And um, I hope you had gotten quite a lot of information about what we're talking about today. She had gone through not just the pharmaceutical aspect alone, but also she looked into the psychological. And there's something pertinent that she said, and that's the fact that your thoughts has a role to play in whether you sleep or not. 
So the moment you feel or you think I can't, then obviously you won't be able to. So conditioning and other things still comes to play. And um, that's also very, very important um, thing to take away from this um, web there today. And then again, she talked about possibly being on the rise in our environment and the consequences are really, really high. I want to thank uh, people for the comments that have been coming into the chat box. But then I had a question um, before. Uh, before we came in here today. Uh, Dr. Adioya, I would love you to take that uh, question. And that is the fact that somebody says he has to leave Ikorodu 4.30 every day. And he, does, he got back home at about 8.39. And so 4.30, and then he would have to eat a solid food because all through the day, he doesn't eat. And so when he gets home, he eats a bar. He eats something very strong that will energize him. And then he gets up around 3, 4, ready to go back to work. and then. Part of what you are saying now is nothing heavy before going to bed. How does this person want to manage? I said he has a very huge body build and he needs that kind of food. So what, what's the solution for this individual considering the place that he's coming from and every other thing? Thank you, sir. Well, thank you very much. Whatever decision, uh, if you think that your health is important, so you have to prioritize uh, the areas that will help your health. So one of course, I get asked this question often um, because especially people living in Lagos, we all know the dynamics of Lagos where we live so far away from where we work and all that. But of course, if you start having challenges with your sleep, so you have to look at things that could be contributing. to problem with your sleep. So you might need to get a place closer to your uh... All right, thank you, Dr. Adoye. Uh, its response is get a place close by because the cost of living far away and eating late might be more detrimental than any other thing that you want to talk about. And so that is very, very important. So it's like weighing the balance, putting it on a scale. Which one is better? Is it about living far or is it about eating healthy? Compare it, do a comparative analysis, and that will help you to be able to make an informed decision about what you need to do. That helps you better, and then because considering also your mental health issues, that would help you to be able to stay functional, and then you are able to work well. You know, when we were younger, there is a song that they used to sing for us then, for especially for people who sleep too much. I don't know, apologies for people who doesn't understand Yoruba, I would interpret. It says, Jonah, Oloru, Osu, Ejagbeje, like, um, 
Jonah the sleeper, he sleeps, and then the fish swallowed him. It's like a biblical story where Jonah was thrown into the water because um, he overslept. And um, that's their zoomed um, story. But now uh, we have lots of people that also oversleep. You know, somebody, somebody made a comment here uh, and said, um, sorry, I'm trying to look for that. Obi, yes, not only when I start to read that excessive sleep torments me, it also happens to me when I'm receiving a lecture in class. And this person obviously needs help. You can imagine being in class, receiving lecture, and then all that you're doing is sleep. Pharmacist Funta, Funta what, what can we do? How can we help this individual, please? Okay, can you repeat? Okay, because I lost you a bit. All right, now the question is, it's saying not only when I start to read that excessive sleep torments me, it okay. also happens to me when I'm receiving a lecture in class. What can this person do? How can we help this individual? Okay, um, if when he's reading, she feels tormented, <laughs> okay, that's a very funny question. The first key thing is, does he sleep well at night? Because if he's saying during the day, he's already feeling sleepy, you know? It's very important that he gets proper rest during the night. If he's not sleeping and probably he hasn't, I need to ask whether he is chatting with people all through the night and then by the time he is up during the day, he's sleeping when he's reading or something. But if at all he feels that sleepy, the best thing is to engage in some form of activity. He should get up. You know, when we're, we're having lectures or you're in a program and you're feeling sleepy, you're advised to get up and move a bit. So that at least you can be alert for whatever activity that you are engaged in at that time. So he could do that and ensure that he sleeps properly at night because he hasn't told us that part. If he wasn't sleeping, if he doesn't sleep well and then he goes in for a lecture or he has to read, he will definitely sleep off. So it's important that he first ensures that he practices the proper sleep hygiene so that he has adequate sleep during the night. And if during the day he's still feeling like that, then he should just ensure that at least he moves and is a bit active. If, if it's something that really bothers him, then he may probably have to see a specialist to really discuss this issue. All right, thank you. Very, very brilliant responses. All right, from Caroline, uh, we'll, your question is, what happens, Dr. Doya, I would love you to take this, when children don't have sufficient time to sleep during the day due to their parents' uh, okay, time to sleep because of their parents' busy activity during the day, and the same children have to wake up early the following morning. So what, what happens to these children, and then what is the way out? All right, so thank you very much. This question is still about lifestyle and our choices. So um, we have the responsibility of recognizing the importance of sleep, especially for a growing child, and do everything possible in order to let a child achieve adequate hours of sleep. Um, a child who is um, learning, attending school, needs adequate hours of sleep for um, optimal learning. And we should allow them the opportunity to have uh, enough hours of sleep. Um, so this 
I'm not going to really encourage uh, so much of uh, daytime sleep. Uh, prefer that you consolidate all your sleep to night time. So you better you um, be such a mother to allow uh, enough time for children to go early to bed and then um, not waking up too early in the morning. So you shouldn't allow those children to use adult bedtime uh, for them so because they generally require a um, longer period of time in bed, especially um, depending on their age too. So that is um, the ideal thing. But of course, certain uh, situation might arise that makes it difficult for us to implement that. Uh, but we should work towards achieving the optimum in terms of allowing children to go to bed early, not watching TV late into the night and all that so that they can have adequate sleep because it's, it's very important for their growth, for their learning and other aspects of their health. Thank you. Hi, thank you so much, Dr. Adoye. Um, there's another question here um, which says that the quality of sleep, does it matter whether it is during the daytime or night? Okay, does the quality of sleep matter whether it is during day or night? Or what are the benefits? Dr. Dewey, I want you to answer this because this is directed to you. What are the benefits of night sleep compared to day for adults? So is there a difference between or the quality of night sleep for ad an adult? What's the benefit for adults? Well, uh, that's another uh, very good question. By design, nature, as assigned the daytime for activities and the night for less activity because it's usually dark. Long before electricity was uh, uh, invented, um, at night you could do less. activity so you have little choice than to sleep and we, we prefer the, and there's also a biological clock called the circadian rhythm whereby a regulator daytime activity we are more relaxed during the day and more um, relaxed and more uh, tendency towards sleep at night so we we recommend All right, um, we'll, a bit sorry there. There was a bit of network issue. Um, but we will just um, continue while uh, we try to rectify that. So we'll go back to the question as soon as um, Dr. Adiri is reconnected. Uh, Funto, there's this um, question here. Um, Funto, uh, and that is music, sleep, does it help? Does music help people to sleep or does it have any implication in the way people sleep too? Okay, um, thank you for that question. Um, music actually plays a part when it comes to sleeping, but you must listen to the appropriate kind of music. If there are certain kind of music that has a way of soothing your nerves, uh, because it's part of relaxation technique, you can play certain kind of music that like still waters that has a way of just soothing your nerves. There is no way you're going to sleep if you're listening to hip hop or hardcore rap or if you like Fuji and that's what you are playing and you want to sleep, surely 
you will not sleep because your body is still activated and you're pumping some adrenaline and definitely you will not sleep. So the kind of music you should listen to, um, you're talking about jazz, you're talking, there, there are certain tapes where people who actually tell these things that all you hear is still waters. You're just hearing waters, you know, and that actually helps. So that's where music comes in, or it's the appropriate kind of music that you should listen to. It's soothing, it's cooling, it's not loud, it doesn't pump your adrenaline, it just makes you feel relaxed. All so right, thank you. Like yeah, I'm told it's called white sound. <laughs> all right, so thank you. Funta said, it's all like the, I feel good. <laughs> Not that kind of music. Definitely something very quiet and still. All right, so we'll go back to Dr. Doye. He's ready now to address that other question. Thank you, Dr. Doye. Um, thank you. Um, sorry for the um, network um, issue. Um, well, I was saying that um, by nature, we are more alert during the daytime and ten, more tendency towards sleeping at night. Long before the invention of electricity, most activities at night um, are limited because there's limited light, so you have to sleep. Uh, but of course, with electricity and technology, uh, nights become daytime. So, but we encourage, uh, because there's a circadian rhythm, where this is natural, like a biological clock um, that is in, built in every individual. Uh, whereby we are most alert in the morning and least alert uh, towards night, uh, more tendency towards sleepiness at night. So if, if we align our body, our sleep time, towards this biological, natural biological clock, it will help our sleep um, naturally. And of course, we are able to sleep better. But of course, I must say that there are certain individuals who have this disorder whereby they are more alert during the night and more sleepy during the daytime. Um, they have like um, a um, variant from the normal population. The major problem is that if they have a daytime job, they cannot um, align their body system to that. So if they have a job that permits them to work at night and sleep during the day, fine. So, but generally most people sleep during the night and work during the daytime. So we will uh, uh, prefer that you make the night time your sleep time and limit napping to uh, less than 45 minutes, except when recommended or you don't have any choice than to do that. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Doye. Um, Ugo, we have seen your comment here about an instance when you wake up regularly in the night to urinate in the middle of the night. Uh, it was part of what Dr. Doye earlier on um, addressed. And then Obi said his own um, excessive sleep started many years ago without any underlying sickness. He had to be taking drugs and even now he's still taking drugs. Um, you could also discuss with experts that they will help you to know um, things that you should do moving forward. Um, again, I, Dr. Okay, uh, let me ask Funto. Funto, I wanted to address this. Uh, Well-being has spiritual content. I hope you're getting that. So how do we now manage prescribed regular vigil with need for sufficient sleep? You know, sometimes some churches come and say 40 days um, vigil, one week vigil, two month vigil, one year vigil. How do you now manage that, those prescribed type of vigil with regular need for sleep? How do we manage that as individuals? Um, now, the body has a, a normal, regular rhythm, I believe you can hear me, yes, of sleep. 
Now, if you engage in regular videos like that, remember that you are building your sleep depth and you will still have to pay. But you must understand your body and understand the limits because if you do this longer than normal and you distort your normal uh, biological timer, you're going to have a lot of issues. So you must know when to cut it and when to stop. If you do it for a bit, which some of us do, um, you, you will eventually be able to pay it over time and normalize. But if it gets beyond normal, it is advised that you try and take a break so that you do not affect your mental health. At the end of the day, we have people who do that and just go on excessive vigils, and at the end of the day, they break down. So you must know where to stop and know the limit. So it's important. that you will be able to play your sleep that best to just stop so that you can adjust yourself which is very important all right thank you for so we have a few minutes left and um, i want us to address as much questions as possible here um but today, um somebody saying from age six okay well um, professor oh Egara, your comment about not being able to sleep from a six is noted here. Um, too many things before my, uh, night time, and that's why it's important to begin to empty the mind before you go to sleep. Somebody is saying, yeah, my husband is an APC with chronic insomnia. He has been on different sedatives, but it's not working. Part of what we're going to be talking about here is a sleep clinic in here. Yeah, but just hold on to the end of this presentation, and then you get that information. Um, yet, um, theory, some people don't have the means Yet they need to work to survive and things like that. We understand that. There are lots of issues about sleep, the environment, and other things like that. That comment is also um, noted. Uh, we appreciate all these comments, regular um, sleep period routines. Yes, thank you so much for that. And then there's this question, Dr. Doe, in one minute, what particular time is best for children between 10 to 13 years to sleep and wake up? Do we have a prescribed time? Somebody's asking that question here. Uh, thank you very much. Um, the, if there's a, the time I would suggest is such that to accommodate for a 10-year-old about 10 hours of sleep. So if you can work out a particular time when he has to wake up and then he will be able to have, have, have had the 10 hours of sleep, then you could answer the question yourself. So what is the target wake-up time? Is it 6 a.m. for instance? So what if it's 6 a.m.? They have to walk back 6 a.m. to accommodate about nine to ten hours of sleep you know so that's the answer to the question okay obi your questions to the earlier um comment has been noted I, I would advise also that you will see a specialist who might be able to help you obi has said he sleeps even if you sleep for 24 hours he's still tormented by sleep Afunta, does posture have anything to do with the way we sleep or the quality of um the sleep that we're able to achieve Definitely. We talked about, um, um, in terms of sleep hygiene, we talked about the sleep environment and your posture, which has to do with your mattress. If your mattress isn't comfortable enough, or you're using a pillow that is not comfortable for you, it could actually affect your posture, and at the end of the day, affect the quality of sleep. If you're, you're, you're not well positioned, you have your, your back, and maybe it even leads you to snoring, or you're so uncomfortable, Definitely, the kind of sleep that you will have will not be one of good quality. You find that some people decide that because of that, they probably just sleep on the floor and because they want to be able to straighten their backs and not have aches. 
Or if you're having aches because you're not well positioned, maybe you're all cramped on one bed, definitely you will not sleep properly. So posture also has a lot to do with it. It's very important that at least get a good mattress, you know, one that will help you and a good pillow because if your neck is not well, you will end up having aches through the night and of course your sleep still will definitely be affected. So posture really has something to do with it. All right, thank you for that response, um, Funto. Um, that's, that's, that's a beautiful one. Um, Dr. Adelie, there's another question here, and somebody said, I've been battling insomnia for 10 years, and I don't even know what to do about it. He said, are there practical? Just in one minute, give us tips that this individual could just take home from this um, webinar today, sir. Uh, well, thank you very much for that question. Uh, 10 years of insomnia is something that definitely will require um, an assessment. So uh, we suggest that you come to our sleep clinic. Um, in Yaba, we run a sleep clinic every Tuesday by 12 o'clock, and it's open for uh, to the public. Uh, the good thing is that we also have a sleep laboratory, uh, one of the few ones available in Nigeria, uh, which is available to the public. Uh, when we need to do an investigation to confirm certain sleep disorder. So um, if you come to our sleep uh, clinic, we'll be able to um, assess you fully in order to be able to uh, help you. So we probably might not be able to give you the answer tonight, I mean today, uh, but of course, if you listen to all the sleep hygiene suggestions and we, we suggested, um, those could help, but I think for a better assessment, you should come to our clinic. Thank you. All right, so thank you so much, um, Dr. Adeo, for that question. Adjoke, I'll ask your comment here, and your question is noted. Um, you're interested in too much sleep, and can we find a situation where one oversleeps, always wanting to sleep, even in the face of more important present work to do? Um, we will not be able to give you all the tips that you need to do here, but we have a sleep clinic here, yeah, but Dr. Adeo is going to talk to us in a few minutes about that too, so that you can have adequate information about um, all of that um, question. All right, so um, quite a lot of questions here. We might not be to take all that we have in um, in the chat box, uh, we try as much as possible to talk about snoring. Um, yes, offending other people. Obviously, one does not know this why um, there is um, they are sleeping and then they are snoring. Is there a drug or practice someone can do to reduce it? Doctor, in one minute, can you just take that? When somebody over snores, disturbing others, is there a drug for snoring? Um, thank you very much. Uh, snoring, um, like I mentioned earlier, is one of the uh, possible uh, symptoms uh, um, that can be seen in people who have obstructive sleep apnea. Um, other features of people who have obstructive sleep apnea is that they tend to be overweight. Um, they wake up frequently in the night. Um, they, if they have bed partners, people see that they um, do have difficulty breathing at night. And sometimes um, they wake up gasping or appear they are choking and all that. So that indication that you have obstructive sleep apnea. However, it's not all the people who snore in bed. If you are, um, the, the worst position uh, that makes you to snore is when you lie down on your back. So you tend to snore more when you lie down on your back. So if you can develop the habit of sleeping off your 
uh, back, then it will be nice. And then, especially, you can lie on your tummy or your side. The, if that doesn't work, then you might need to uh, see a doctor for an assessment. Uh, there are other things that can make people snore apart from sleep apnea. Uh, so ENT might be relevant here, yeah, air, nose, and uh, throat. Um, there are no particular drugs that can make you um, not to snore. Uh, but if you notice that people, when they drink alcohol or any medication that can make you your body to relax more, you tend to snore more. So you avoid such things. So um, that's the answer uh, for that particular question. All right, thank you, Dr. Adiri. Before we um, finally round up, I want to just take a minute to just talk about the sleep clinic. What do you have to offer? Um, how can people assess you at their days of clinic? Just give us that information in one minute while we're trying to round up here. Thank you very much. Very much. Uh, well, I briefly just uh, at the sleep uh, total diagnostic center within the hospital. The sleep hub clinic runs every Tuesday at noon at the total diagnostic center within this hospital, Federal Neurosurgery Hospital, Yaba, Lagos. So it's a dedicated uh, building where what we do there is sleep disorders alone. So you are separated from if you have fears that probably um, you'll probably be mixed with a uh, regular patient. So it's just a sleep, it's a clinic dedicated to sleep disorders alone. And it's usually in the afternoon, we don't want you to wake too early, so you can come and then we'll attend to you. Register um, there, get a file, and then we'll be able to um, see you. So we have um, experts there, such as Um, um, technologies where for the few so need at noon at this hospital. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, um, Dr. Femi Adewe. Um, the Chief Author Medical Director has a word to share with us. A take home from all of these uh, webinar today. Over to you, ma'am. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Adioye, uh, pharmacist uh, Olude, as well as Amojito Uluakeni. Um, I saw from one of the um, comments, somebody said, what are the take-home from this webinar? Now, the take-home, we have said so many things this afternoon. But one thing we should all know is that adequate and quality sleep is necessary for mental and physical well-being. And if you experience too little or too much sleep, you need to consult your physician. Another point is that self-medication for sleep-related problems can result in mental and physical dysfunction. And the fourth point I'd like to mention is that observing sleep hygiene will go a long way in helping our physical and mental well-being. Thank you. 
All right, thank you so much, Ma. Thank you to the presenter, Thomas Sitontolude and Dr. Adifem Adilie. Thank you everyone for joining us once again today. You can always access the Yabo Voice um, link through the Twitter. We have Yabo Voice, one word, capital letter, joins together. On Instagram, we're Yabo Voice, two different words. And also on Facebook, we're Yabo Voice, two different words. You can also send us a mail, Yabo Voice, F-N-G-P-H-Y, at gmail.com. Also, if you want to call in, it's calling through zero. 813820 but just understand that Yabba Voice is here to provide quality mental health information to people to help enhance our lives and make us better. We look forward to seeing you in our next webinar, which we'll be talking about rape, implications, and intervention. That's a topic I really, really love to to because it's something becoming a menace in our environment and quite a lot of people have to deal with this and to deal with the implications even as a whole. Um, looking forward to seeing you once again. On behalf of the medical director once again and everyone here present, members of the Yabba Voice, we say thank you for joining us today. Until next time, please stay safe and God bless you. Thank you. <laughs>